bathing the greatest country in the world is not a short-term proposition, folks. We can save this great nation, but it's going to take all of us. Why? Because we are America. Herman Cain. Herman Cain. Solutions for a better America. Welcome back to the show, Mark Aramin for Herman Cain. Uh, as we head up to the nation's capital to get your daily dose of Jamie Dupree. Jamie, happy Friday, sir. Hey, Mark. How you doing, buddy? Excellent. Uh, good to talk to you uh, during the daylight hours, my friend. Question for you, Jamie. Yes, sir. Uh, things heating up. Donald Trump v. Ted Cruz. Catch me up to data. I'm a little late to this story here. These guys have uh, stayed out of their way pretty much uh, through the the primary process and the campaign process, but now they might be butting heads? Maybe. What happened, yes, well, first, for the last couple of months, it's been obvious that Ted Cruz has now wanted to criticize Donald Trump and sort of been drafting off of him, and it's worked well. I mean, let's face it, Cruz has been bubbling up in the polls, but at some point when you get, and we've had a number of polls recently where it's Trump and then Cruz, or Cruz and then Trump, there was one poll in Iowa that had Cruz ahead, and it had many of us wondering, okay, sooner or later, they're, you know, you can't have a one and two just ignore each other. Sooner or later, you're going to have to cross swords. Well, what came out yesterday in the New York Times was Cruz had been in New York for a fundraiser, and somebody had rolled tape on him. And uh, at first, the story was that he had, uh, he had knocked Donald Trump and Ben Carson and their judgment to be president, saying he didn't think that either one of them would win. Cruz, at first, sort of uh, tried to ignore the story. He took a shot at the New York Times. Then the New York Times posted the audio. This is a reminder that any time you are a political candidate, you should take every, you should consider that everyone is recording you 100% of the time. I mean, I, I remember the Mitt Romney 47% thing. Exactly, yeah. I, I mean, I think you have to assume in any meeting, whether it's with staff, whether it's with fundraisers, that you are always being recorded and then adjust your life from there. It's like this thing right in front of me here, this microphone. Uh, I had to laugh because I thought about it the other day. I never swear at work. Why? Because this, this microphone is right in front of me at all times, and mm -hmm. it might be live. And it just it dawned on me recently that I have totally changed, you know, how I behave in front of it because you have to. Well, I think the presidential candidates probably need to do that, too, regardless of that soapbox. So Cruz dings Trump. Trump reads about it. Trump gets on Twitter and says to Cruz, hey, watch it. You come after me, I'll destroy you, basically. He said, uh, everybody else who's attacked me has failed. So I don't know that it's the start of something, but I would think that what's the one thing that we have learned from Donald Trump? He cannot stand to lose. He cannot stand being in second. Remember when Ben Carson went by him in Iowa earlier this year? And Trump, uh, he, 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 he ridiculed Iowa voters at one of his events up there for putting him in second place. So I would think that really, even if Cruz holds off, I bet Trump will start to go after him if Cruz stays up there. Now, we've had another um, uh, sort of news alert in the last few minutes as well, Mark, in the Republican race. There was a story in today's uh, Washington Post, some of you may have seen it, that Republican uh, National Party leaders got together this week for a meeting to talk about what if. What if there is a brokered convention? Translated, what if there is a brokered convention, how can they stop Donald Trump? That's what it really comes down to. Carson was outraged by that report, which shouldn't shock anybody that the, the Republican uh, establishment is looking at that. And Carson said that if, uh, if this turns out to be true, he might leave the GOP. Could be somewhat of an empty threat, in a sense, since Carson's numbers keep going down. Uh, but it is interesting, sort of that outsider versus the establishment in the GOP mark. Forgive my ignorance, Jamie, because in, you know, in my uh, short time on this earth, I don't remember a brokered 
uh, situation. What what exactly would that mean? Well, uh, what what, what a broker convention would mean more than anything else is that you would have the convention begin and nobody would have a majority of delegates. Now, every four years, I laugh because I always get asked about it. Oh, we can have a broker convention. Sure, we could. Theoretically, we could. It, it's unlikely, but it's possible that it could happen. Oh, so what's the last time? Here's your. You can amaze your friends this weekend by giving them this trivia. The last time there was a brokered convention for the Democrats was 1952. Adelaide Stevenson uh, was one of a number of Democrats who went to the convention in an effort to uh, uh, to win the Democratic nomination, and Stevenson came out the winner. 1948 was the last Republican convention uh, that uh, uh, that was brokered. The last time a candidate emerged from a brokered convention to win the presidential nomination your drum roll please mark that would be 1932 and franklin delano roosevelt so i remember jfk being involved in in somewhat uh, a similar situation before 1960 1956 when he was trying to become the vp nominee oh that's what it was the vp okay because i yes. remember there was uh, there was lengthy votes about uh, it, it, went, it went wide open as to who should be uh, the nominee so yes so uh, you know we don't have that's of course for uh, for political sports writers like myself that would be the <laughs> ultimate i mean can you imagine the drama? Every single delegate could be the most important delegate, and it would create, in today's world, with social media and the instantaneous reporting, it would be awesome, to say the least. But again, uh, theoretically, could it happen? Sure. Uh, but but here's the other thing, and this is something I've noticed about sort of the, the, the populist wing of the Republican Party, the Tea Party wing, the Trump supporters is that they are more than ready to take it to the establishment and beat them up every day. But as soon as there's any sniff of the establishment sort of coming back and going after them, they can't stand it. So I think it's sort of interesting that word of this meeting leaked out this week that uh, Republican National Party leaders are getting ready because, let's face it, as an outsider, you would be at a distinct disadvantage in, in a brokered convention environment where all of those politicos know each other and you as the outsider do not. Mark Aram with Jamie Dupree here on the Herman Cain Show. Let me go back, to, if you don't mind, because the, the Trump Cruz thing, because obviously Ted Cruz, up until recently, this, this one audio that leaked had been staying out of Donald Trump's way and, and yep. taking caution not to fire any shots across the bow. Um, but Cruz is has supplanted Ben Carson as the firm number two. In fact, a new poll uh, released today in Herman's home state of Georgia, landmark Rosetta Stone poll, has Trump surging up to 43%, Cruz at 16, Rubio 11, and Ben Carson now down to 7. Um, it, it, isn't it an inevitability if Cruz continues to, to rise in the polls and stay uh, number two that there has to be some sort of, of a confrontation or you would think so wouldn't you I mean I mean unless you're running to finish second and most of us don't want to finish second right you want to win so sooner or later and let me tell you what happened yesterday and I was thinking about this on the way home last night uh, the, the, Ted Cruz did an event here at the Heritage Foundation and last night, the Heritage Foundation, the, the, the head of it, a guy named Jim DeMint, former senator, Republican from South Carolina, who left the Senate voluntarily, he resigned his seat to go to the Heritage Foundation because he wanted to influence where the Republican Party goes. So DeMint goes on CNN to oppose Donald Trump's ban on Muslims entering the U.S. Yet another example, as I have detailed all week to people, of sort of different stripes of the Republican Party opposing Trump. So 
that take that you've got you've got the heritage coming out officially against Trump on that. Yesterday at Heritage, Cruz gave a speech about foreign policy and terrorism. When the speech was over, one of the officials from Heritage asked Cruz a few questions. And the first question, I couldn't believe it, but the first question from Heritage was about this report in the New York Times about Cruz rapping Trump and questioning his judgment. Well, Cruz didn't answer it. He veered off and didn't, didn't answer it. And I figured, okay, that's it. No. Then the Heritage came back, guy came back and asked the question again. And it wasn't reporters. It was somebody from the Heritage Foundation. And I thought to myself, boy, that's weird. Well, then when Jim DeMint announced his opposition to what Trump uh, wants to do on Muslim immigrants, then it made sense to me because it's it, it looks to me like an effort by Heritage, by more conservative groups who don't think Trump is conservative at all. In fact, they think he runs against them on a host of issues that they're trying to stir up. Cruz versus Trump because they like Cruz more and they really think that Cruz is more dedicated to the conservative cause. I mean, again, remember, who is leading the Republican primary field right now? It's a guy who has given money to Hillary Clinton, to Rahm Emanuel, to the Cook County Democratic Party, to uh, Democratic senators. You know, anybody else that would be immediately disqualifying except for Donald Trump. They'd be on the uh, kiddie stage at the debates and not leading in the polls for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I would think... Of all, uh, you know, against Donald Trump, of all the candidates that remain, Ted Cruz, with his uh, debating background and and the, the heart, like you mentioned, the conservative uh, numbers are off the charts, that he would be the one guy or girl that could stand toe-to-toe with Donald Trump and not get obliterated. Look, I think uh, I think Cruz has uh, been creeping up on Trump for a number of reasons. That he's been tough on, uh, you know, in the aftermath of the Paris attacks, he's been tough on the Islamic State. He's talked. He's uh, organized really well in terms of efforts on uh, with evangelical voters in Iowa. The uh, the only in- the interesting thing is though is that Trump actually would probably do better than Cruz, sort of across a a cross section of voters. Whereas I think Cruz is a little more sort of uh, toward the the ideological right of the Republican Party. But again, look, uh, I, I think we're sort of getting down to a focus on Trump, Cruz, and Marco Rubio. Mm-hmm. Nobody else back in the back of the pack, whether it's Jeb Bush or anybody else, is showing momentum, except for in New Hampshire, where we're seeing bigger numbers for Chris Christie there. John Kasich is up there, and Jeb Bush is up there a little, too. But nationally, none of them making an impact. Also, I'll say again, uh, they haven't made the final announcement yet from CNN. I think it'll come out on Sunday for next week's debate. But I think it's pretty much a lock now that Rand Paul gets booted off the main stage and sent down to the pre-debate debate. Yeah, I've been hearing you tell Herman that, yeah, for about a week now, that the, the poll numbers aren't there for him. Um, I've, I said this months ago, and this isn't an endorsement, but of all the candidates currently, I think, and I might be wrong on this, but I think in a general election, Marco Rubio... Um, he has the best chance of 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 getting elected president. I think he uh, appeals to a, a broader swath of voters than any of the other Republicans right now. And I still look at Rubio and his ability. I tell you, Mark, if there's one thing that uh, I could tell the listeners, they ask, well, what's changed a lot about covering politics and going on the road for campaign events? A, it's the immediacy of being able to get out your message and stuff like that, and social media and more. But B, it's the rise of the Spanish language media and there is a different element at a at a Rubio 
and cruise event where you can bring in all kinds of reporters from the area, you know, Univision or Telemundo station and more, the radio stations, and that he, Rubio, and to a lesser extent, Cruz would too, but I think really Rubio even more, would have the ability to speak to different groups that a Hillary Clinton would have difficulty talking to. I mean, the days of sort of a a white male uh, Republican or Democrat saying something like, Buenos dias, and everybody <laughs> laughing or something like that, that's gone. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's it's big-time Spanish-language media at these debates, at these campaign events, and Rubio certainly and Cruz would have that advantage over a Hillary Clinton to be able to speak directly to those voters. And as someone that's that's in the media, radio and television, Spanish-language channels are, are pretty much the only stations of the traditional media that are growing in numbers. Yep. Um, and it just goes to, to show the demographics, the changing demographics. You'd have been amazed at the numbers of them in Los Angeles when we had the debate out of the Reagan Library, the Republican debate, and it's just a huge part of the trail now for the campaign. And again, uh, if you speak the language, you have a major opportunity to use that. Jamie, always a pleasure. Follow him on Twitter, at Jamie Dupree. Uh, if See I don't you, talk to you, uh, have a very merry Christmas, my you friend. Too, buddy.